I, I was uh, I was talking to a couple people in re- in real life, and then just scanning the inter- internet, and it, it seems like the uh, the Jim the new Jim Caviezel film, uh, The Sound of Freedom, seems to be really permeating uh, beyond the beyond the online sphere it's it's kind of uh it's kind of getting everywhere and uh like the kind of consensus thing is because obviously you you don't want to go as far as to say like i'm anti i'm anti talking about child trafficking you never want to say that in public like that's still so taboo they these the the these libs have more self-awareness than that i i think but a lot of times they say like yeah it just seems kind of weird to just focus on like one aspect of it you know yeah, like, yeah. Just, just one one aspect of it and and you know caviezel's linked with with mel gibson uh of course for passion of the christ and and they're they're still buddies to this day and uh it's covering kind of more of a q ish type true story apparently but the uh some people say well, like what about the uh well mel should should you know take a look at you know look at it care about at home like the catholic church you know why not cover the catholic church it's like dude there's like 90 movies about the catholic church pedophilia like it's just like, <laughs> like they're, they're everywhere like you guys spotlight won an oscar you know <laughs> i was just like, like yeah, you, you want him to yeah. and make the first catholic pedophilia movie it's like no it's, it's it happens all the time like <laughs> i don't know i like how there's different teams yeah. dude. it's so crazy yeah it sucks to be like anti-child anti i'm I'm look. I'm the, I'm the number one anti-child trafficking guy. But this but, movie just reeks. This movie just reeks, dude. Like it's, it's just the like, ultimate. What it is is it's the ultimate test of, you know, if you listen, you know, that whole our whole thing is like if just people that are so allergic to anything even remotely breaching, like a non-orthodox uh, thought of whatever that is, you know, and people are just like even it even breached into the child abuse thing. Like you, you have to, you have to. You have to somehow spin it to like a pro child abuse take to avoid being contaminated by the by the bad people or mm-hmm. something, which is yeah. insane. It's like I gotta say, it was really disheartening for me. I was like, you know, I normally I try and I'm not really into this like culture war shit. I try to try to avoid it, you know. But it, even then, just seeing these takes, like the <laughs> that some of the stuff you sent me, I'm just like, I'm like, yo, man, it is like what it really we're dividing we're, we're dividing lines up on on this now on a true story true story even if it wasn't you know that's the crazy part about it yeah well it's like you know it's i always bring up the osha the osha laminated rules workplace rules like it's like they have they have their own rules like the libs are like if you want to talk about pedophilia here's the order of operations how you do it uh the church yeah it's like it's like uh okay multiply the inside the parentheses first and then you know it's like a math equation yeah that's yeah it's like you you did pemedas you didn't do pemdas yeah (laughs) exactly no head the head head (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly. Moss pedos, like fucking yeah. uh, real madheads. Uh, fucking live moss, live moss pemda, head moss. But the uh, from the five to the six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gonna leave me alone. On a plane, by the visit Glen Rock, need crypto. Told me I should bring the Glock with me, so I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Real love to see it, dudes rocking. Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking. From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix. With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? No, the, like I, I think it. I think it's hilarious to see the uh, 
to see people do that like where it's just like what when remember when everybody was just against this and it didn't matter like when yeah. everybody was just like hey you probably shouldn't like traffic kids and like you know it, I, think it's the just, Hollywood, I think the hollywood thing is part of yeah. it because everyone knows that there, there's you know that's how that's how shit is run there you know it's there's definitely an undercurrent of evil going on there not saying it's it's probably not even it's probably not most i'm not one of those guys they're all fucking you know but there is like a an element to that you know and but that's a huge establishment you know institution right that runs like they're thought leaders you know you you can't deny it they they determine what people think right yeah in terms of just like the what's culturally appropriate to talk about in movies and films and shows and stuff streaming so yeah it's a weird schism i feel it's like and it'll probably only continue to get exposed more i feel i don't know it's yeah weird. i guess yeah. yeah and and also just the fact that like you know i could see if some kind of like how long has it been going on for right the hollywood pedophilia thing like probably a lot longer than even the 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 kind of schizo documentaries we've all watched like it's yeah. probably been going on longer than that safe oh, to say sure but like yeah. do you think maybe the decline in just product has like exposed it a little bit like and <laughs> i and, and i kind of i don't mean to make light of it but it does seem like kind of a fun where it's just like man these movies suck anymore and we're doing the child yeah <laughs> you imagine the guy loading the crates of the kids in the wayfair cabinets like he's just like dude what is this even for like another yeah, captain just, america <laughs> like what the fuck yeah, yeah. like hey, we we used to be a country damn yeah this is fucking sick like, like the like, juice I, was worth it used to be worth the squeeze dude. yeah i was to... down to crack the eggs to make the omelet you know like i that's I was, such, that's I was, such yeah. an RC take, dude. Wait till we find the working class man in all yeah. this, the innocent worker in all, in all. Just a guy in a high visibility vest with a cigar out of his oh mouth. Like, oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, to introduce our uh, our guests here, um, he goes by the name Organized Meat. That's his Twitter name. I have no idea what he wants to go by. Is that what you want to go by? Uh, Organized Meat. Eric is fine. Too. Eric, it doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, because yeah. you know, calling another guy meat, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Just, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little weird. And I, I really, it's, I don't mind. I think I've revealed my name yeah. a few times on yeah. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I just Googled Eric and I found you. So I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I found found where you where 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 you all where you stay at and everything. No, it's a very generic okay. name. So so, so yeah. you're good. Okay. You're good. I'm yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. So, but one thing about you is like I I swear to God, dude, you listened to. I think you might have been like listener number three of our show. Like number. Oh, three. Word, yeah. like 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 from the old like when i was kind of thinking mm-hmm. like damn dude we might just be going to like the only fans bots might be the only people listening to us right now like like uh um the soundcloud bot farmer type people uh reposting us uh submit your track for promotion and all that stuff but you you were there and but like you you were always you gave us like the best advice and i don't think you even thought of it as advice ever but there was one time where we you know during the height of you know, COVID hysteria and all this thing. Like we we were kind of compelled to to cover that from like a current event standpoint. But I remember one time it was you and then another guy named Montgomery Carlo, who's was also oh, yeah. a longtime listener. Uh, oh, good guy. Good Montgomery. guy. Good yeah, guy yeah. as well. You guys both had said within like the same period of time where you guys were just like, hey, like love the coverage of all that stuff. The coolest thing mm-hmm. is when you guys just talk about shit you like. That's like the yeah. best part about the show. And then I was like, wow, that's crazy that like there's people that actually want to hear the what's yeah. on your mind kind of thing rather than what rather than yeah. the docket the newsletter of doc like docket this is what we're talking mm-hmm. about today and it's just it was very it was a long time ago that that happened but it definitely had a huge impact on yeah. kind of just knowing that people 
wanted to actually hear the, the well, stuff we that have, we yeah. thought was so good. Yeah. We have no fear to just to fire off a solo <laughs> yeah. episode. It's like now we're like excited, you know, oh, to do that. I mean, like, yeah. that's honestly, that's the best. Like when, <laughs> I mean, the last episode you guys released, um, <laughs> oh man, it just like had me dying because it was just you two. Like, I uh, love it when you two just like start talking about shit. And like, <laughs> I know that like you guys known each other forever. So yeah. it's like you just have that rhythm and it's so funny. And that's like the best part. And especially like during COVID, when you got into politics, it was like, okay, here's finally some people that have been saying out loud what I've been saying to myself yeah. or what yeah. I've been noticing myself and weren't afraid to say it. And also just like tried to like, Hey, you know, calm me down and just like, Hey, chill. Like, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, everyone's noticing it too. Don't worry. Just try to like do other shit, concentrate on movies and, you know, like read a little bit like, and that's mm -hmm. where you're headed now, which is like more like the men's health thing. Like I dig that angle. Yeah. Men, men's health. Men's yeah, just health improve culture. yourself. Men's health. Yeah. Just, yeah, just, just, health. just take a deep breath, take a deep breath. And then like, you realize what else is going on mm -hmm. that you, that you physically can, can just can chart, chart your progression. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people that set a huge, this huge, like, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to stop child trafficking. I'm going to do all these yeah. things. And yeah. then you're going to like, but then you fail right because it, it, it's i'm not saying give up like you still have that take but like you fail and then you're like i'm just gonna be a scumbag then you know like because i can't i can't stop this huge machine from firing on all cylinders therefore what's the point of anything and that's the the state i don't want anybody in so it's like you you gotta it's just you know it's an order of operations you know pedmos mm -hmm. you know you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta, <laughs> you gotta do that so um but i don't want to chalk you up as just a podcast yeah. listener guy i don't want to i because you're not like you're well read like you've read a lot of books like you you like i mean yeah. i swear to god i think you've read half the shit i've already like just started cracking up like uh, cracking into but you don't strike me as an academic mm -hmm. right or are you i don't know who are you <laughs> um well i mean i've read a lot because I, I am an English major, like mm -hmm. got my master's degree in English. So I read a lot in college. Um, and since high school, just been interested in reading, you know, I didn't, you know, I had a friend that um, kind of turned me on to like Thomas Pynchon and Don DeLillo oh, yes. really early. And uh, like that sort of writing, like really drew me in. And then, also like Kurt Vonnegut and Philip Roth were like really like they were they're just so funny and very different but like Kurt Vonnegut was funny and mm -hmm. he had like these weird like you know sci-fi tales that were sort of like especially Harrison Berger on mm -hmm. his um short story uh right. like yeah that was just like oh like that shit's like kind of true even in the 90s when I read it like that was true so it was like that and philip roth just like portnoy's complaint just kind of neurotic people going throughout the world like that just really interested me so um yeah i i tend to like you know what what do my who are my authors inspired by and that always led back to like you know like kafka and nabokov and like so i just read those and yeah, yeah. i just um read based on what people i read like who they liked Excellent. I mean, that's that's all it is. It's just like, you know, 
and you have your master's degree in English. I'm over here saying you're not an academic. You're you're like an academic, but you don't come off as one. That's what's cool. Like you're not just one of those like you don't like there's people that that just speak in that <laughs> academic term where I just feel like it's our first contact with an alien when I talk to them. And I'm just like, I look, man, I that's not the way I don't know. I, I just don't find that. I appreciate that that exists in the world, that there's people I can go to, but I love that people that just actually try mm -hmm. to be accessible to the guy that's working on the, on the construction site, like me, you know, I like when people extend that, like, you know, uh, ladder out from the helicopter, like, Hey man, you, you guys can come up with us. You know, like I like when people are, are, are like that. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to you a couple of times just on like spaces and, and things like that. I'm like, no, this, this is, this mm -hmm. is one of us. This is one of our guys, you know? So that's, that's good. Yeah. No, I uh, like yeah, the whole the whole academic thing. It's it's just all, all kind of bullshit. So I never really like stress that. It's like I have no like real credential in anything more than anyone else who's like read something. What they give you a degree for is agreeing with the professors that teach you, and yeah. that's kind of what it is. Like in most in institutions. Like they're all like, you know, liberal run. So, I mean, I'm glad I was able to do that reading, but at the same time, it's like, I could have just done that by myself. You know, I, I remember one of the episodes, like recent ones, maybe it was the last one you said, like, you know, like, oh fuck, like, like, I hate that. Like, I regret the fact that I even went for a college degree. Like, yeah. it was like, I was like wasting my time, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I sort of feel that way. Like, I'm grateful for it. But at the same time, it's like, like, yeah. I could have just been doing other stuff to pursue what I actually wanted to do. And no. <laughs> yeah. You know what you should have done? You, you know what you should have done is you should have gone to college, had no idea what you wanted to do. You should have flunked out flunked out um you should have had worked at cannabis clubs other dead-end uh burnout jobs you should have done that all throughout your 20s you should have had an existential crisis towards the end of your 20s then you should have started a podcast um at, at your, in your late 20s um and then after that you should have uh um yeah that, that that to me way way more sustainable lineage i think way more sustainable uh back back point. no i'm dead. I mean, better dude. advice than you know probably what my parents gave me yeah. Even though not, not, you know, not blaming my parents, like, you know, our parents only knew like, oh, you got to tell your kids yeah. to do this shit. Like, you know, but yeah, no, like, hey, like get some work experience, live life, actually mm -hmm. go out there and figure out what you like and what you want and then do that rather yeah. than just like, yeah, go to college. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You just have to do that. That's, that's what you got to do. It would it would be sick if there were like just two like an A and a B form of college where it was like, OK, I want to be a doctor. Therefore, I'm going to right after high school, I'm going to start that program. Uh, I mean, I wish you wouldn't because it's a doctor. But, you know, other <laughs> other than that, like there's or whatever, I want to be an engineer. Therefore, I'm going to go straight and I know exactly what I want to do. Let's get that done as fast as possible. But if I someone like me who really didn't know what they wanted to do, but knew they didn't mind you know working and things like that it would be cool to have like a like a four-year work experience program that like then like you like then it was just more like normalized that like college at 24 
you know, like where you're just like, I know you can do that, but it would be cool if you were on like this thing. It's like, hey, four years, bounce around the workforce, see what you like, you know, and then maybe, hey, maybe you realize I want to get into this kind of thing. But it's like, no, it's everybody's got to go out at 18 and then go straight to college and 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 just dilly dally around for for four years, maybe even seven, rack up some rack up some debt. You know, don't worry, it's yeah. fake. You know, just I, I, all that. <laughs> it just seems like such a stupid system that we have. I, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either, you know. I went through it. Don't recommend it for anyone. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Right? Yeah, and if you want to be a doctor, just look. We have two hundred and something episodes, dude. Listen to those, and then uh, <laughs> and then maybe uh, I don't know. Watch the truth about cancer. Find out uh, some of those doctors. Study under them. You know, that's yeah. well. That's that's what I would recommend. I, you probably won't make that much. You might make some money actually. Like if you work for if you worked for under Joe Merkley, you'd make some money. But uh, guys, like, guys like that, that's what I would say. We're going to get you right back to the episode. But I just wanted to let you guys know of a few other things we offer at Rare Candy Industries. We have a Substack with free and paid subscription options. Free subscribers get access to all written content. That includes Bob's Red Pill. That's the best thing going on the internet right now. Trust me. Paid subscribers get full access to our premium episode feed. And that's just every episode we don't necessarily want to share with the general public, if you know what I'm saying. Again, that's rarecandy.substack.com. We also have merch. That link's a little long for me to say right now, but go to the description, go to our merch store, and find a shirt that's right for you. We have Rare Candy shirts, Dr. Bronner soap label shirts, Rishi mushroom shirts, all types of stuff there. Check it out. There's got to be something for you. And lastly, check us out on social media. On Instagram, we're Rare Candy Pod, but on Twitter, we're at Rare Candy Pod 1. All right, enough of that. Let's get you back into the episode. But we're, but we're here to talk about um, a couple of films. The only thing they have in common with each other is the word Brazil. But for some <laughs> reason, they're fantastic. I just love I love both of these movies for separate reasons. We're going to try our best to synthesize the two, but not really. They're just both great. Uh, the first one I'd like to talk about is from 1978. It's called The Boys from Brazil. I just rewatched it again today. Um, loved it even more a second time. Uh, just to... Uh, I. I don't want to give away all of the movie um, or go through, you know, Wikipedia plot summary here, but um, essentially centers around uh, an old man uh, played by Lawrence Olivier, uh, who is alerted by his uh, this like kind of smart, too big for his britches Jewish kid who's trying to take down all of all of Nazism and the remains of Nazism in, in South America, because it's well known. It's well known that they're in South America. Um, but uh, Ezra, who is the uh, old Nazi hunter guy, then decides uh, to not only try to stop these guys, but like he wants to just find out what the, why are the Nazi? What are they doing down there? It doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like just a typical mobilizing an army down there. It sounds like they're doing something way more crazy. And what ends up happening is that um, he finds out that Dr. Joseph Mengele has been basically trying to recreate Hitler. I think it's 95 times, um, 95 uh, uh, different different Hitlers, um, but all going through the same childhood process. So then you have 95 Hitlers leading the fork, Fourth Reich, Reich or whatever. And maybe, and who knows what, what happens from there. But, um, Sai, you watch this. I'd love to know your, uh, your, your feeling about it. Yeah, well, I love the um, genetic determine because you know obviously the nazis were obsessed with genetic determinism mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know we're we're scientifically we're anti-genetic determinist podcast in sure. almost every mm -hmm. facet so i just find it's funny like when the especially in like the set like old like retro 70s films when that's the concept of the of the thing is that we we could um just predict like the fact that you could create a new hitler just through his dna and by mm -hmm. murdering his dad you know kind of thing, which is hilarious to, <laughs> it's to hilarious me. dude yeah. yeah 
and I just immediately made me think of a like. You know, I'm a big fan of Rupert Sheldrake. I'm going to get a little off course here, but don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hate would hate that. But, you know, if you did that. <laughs> Rupert Sheldrake was a scientist, genet- geneticist, botanist, Terrence McKenna's best friend, one of his mm-hmm. best friends. And, you know, he, he's famously had the TED Talk that was banned for, uh, the, for talking about the 10 myths of science, what he deemed the 10 myths of science, and for writing a book called The Science Delusion. <laughs> which is he's writing this as a scientist, you know, kind of clowning on the whole Richard Dawkins uh, Mm -hmm. zeitgeist. Right. And uh, one of the things he joke, he jokes a lot about, uh, you know, we all learn in school, like Crick and Watson, Francis Crick and and Watson, the scientists that that supposedly discovered DNA or whatever, and how they were, they discovered DNA and then they were obsessed with um, heritability and uh, behavior of animals and stuff and, and humans. And they were kind of like, yeah, we got it all figured out. You like, uh, you know, uh, you take this side of it, I'll take that side of it, and then in 10 years, we'll have it all figured out. And they were just so uh, cocky with uh, that they were going to solve everything just through uh, genetic heritability. And, uh, and of course, literally every piece of evidence from the Human Genome Project on has only disproven... Um, and again, look, I'm not saying genetics aren't important and that, you know, I'm not like one of those, I'm not like a maximalist or whatever, but just the you know, they were saying we were going to cure every disease. You know, they were saying that we were going to have everything figured mm-hmm. out. And uh, it's just been endlessly more uh, complex than that. Um, than that has it's, it's then has borne out, basically. So I, that's what made me think of this immediately with with, with that was just the, the whole the the, uh, the the central dogma of biology that, you know, that that genes rule everything, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Genes rule everything around me. Yeah get the exactly. money um but the the yeah it's, it's amazing because i a couple things about it I, I think are really cool are for one there's a there's a, a really cool part of the 70s when you start getting into like real 70s conspiracy paranoid kind of it's kind of noirish a little bit there's a there's a noir element just meandering uh-huh. from room to room kind of you know going into where like guys all the like having sex you know the weird sex scenes and stuff where like people are hanging and stuff when when they're when they're creating the 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 hitler simula- simulator which I, I i assume is similar they're similar to like the michael vick experience commercial um where he's like you know f- where you put on the thing and you run around like michael vick they're just trying to create that experience for all these kids like these these uh that's crazy but what what's crazy about the, the 70s paranoid thing is that a lot of those directors were they were paranoid about the current climate paranoid about the uh rapid innovation and just uh, adapting uh, books that were written like a year prior. So there was definitely, I, whenever I see something like that happens, I, te- I tend to think that the director will be, I, I guess it, more in lockstep with like the author or, or the idea that's being said. Cause you know, the, the book was written by Ira Levin, I want to say, and it was right mm-hmm. before, uh, the movie. I mean, it's two years before the movie. You have movies like Marathon Man, also starring Laurence Olivier, uh, which was written by William Goldman, which we covered on Gain of Fiction. It was within a year or two of each other. So it's it's nice to see those happen. But you also take these directors who are also students of what they do, um, big time film guys and everything, and they take these guys, these legends from the 30s, 40s, 50s, um, like Laurence Olivier, Gregory Peck, James Mason, you know, you'd see it all around and then thrusting them in that into that gritty, paranoid uh, kind of vibe of of these of these late seventies conspiracy movies, um, and they're they're so good, they're so polished, but like the content is so gritty 
that it's really cool to see those two styles mesh rather than this clean kind of epic 40s movie that they would normally be in or 50s movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. <clears throat> like this movie was so cool in uh, like just like its imagination. Like, you know, you're trying to like reproduce Hitler's and like the fact that um Mangala wouldn't think like okay maybe down the line someone wouldn't think that all these identical people rising <laughs> to power wouldn't you know <laughs> sounding like Hitler maybe that that not might not be a problem like you know it didn't matter like Gregory Peck was so cool as Mangala and I was yeah. looking at some of the reviews <laughs> mm-hmm. for him um and it just was like it was panned but like his review, like his performance is really? by um, a lot of critics. And yeah, people were critical of him because I guess it was the first time they saw him playing a bad Yeah, guy. what were the last yeah. names of the critics? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, let's do a rough analysis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy, the yeah. book is written by a guy named Ira Levin, which is like you would put that in a, a AI mm. Jewish name generator and it would come out. <laughs> like, it's like, I think it's fine if he plays yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. 99.9% Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Well, this happened recently with the whole, uh, the, that was that, that rabbit movie, the, uh, Jojo rabbit. Remember that? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like written by a Jewish dude, but still people freaked out. And it's like one of those, is it like, you know, people are like, is it cool? Is it, do I, can I check the box? They're doing the whole order of operations mm-hmm. thing, you know, the book. Yeah. That would, yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like, it was I don't made know. by a Polynesian guy or something. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like, is that where, hi- is that where the, the Nazis are hiding now? Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> L&L Hawaiian barbecue <laughs> fucking yeah. Nazi guys. But uh, no, is that, is that where they're hiding? But no, yeah. No, I think it's, uh, it's interesting too, because, uh you have the the idea i mean i don't even know that that this is coming through to a lot of people on there but just the idea of just like time right i mean the the time aspect of all this is just essentially like let's just recreate the same era like let's 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 it's almost like going through a time machine right it's that's what like a lot of like genetic uh maximalists are doing right is is basically going through a time machine and just be like ah we didn't get that right that time let's create this and and yeah. uh like like i love when uh uh ezra the lawrence olivia character is just like picking the the, the scientist brain with all the rabbits and he's just like what word <laughs> like fuck this is crazy <laughs> yeah. and uh and, and I, I love that i love that scene but um you know I, there, there's the idea of that that like hey man we we almost got away with it if it wasn't for these meddling kids you know and, <laughs> and like we almost got away with this but this time like yeah because like that's the idea is like we have like 95 hitlers like but what like is hitler down to be on a team you know what i mean yeah. like is hitler down to I be mean, a team player he's like dude there's 95 of me he's like no nah, i'm the sickest one yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> then like boys in brazil too is like the hitler gauntlet like you know if like they, like let's say they all get together but they're at college like let's say baby hitler gets into um one of them gets into like dartmouth or something yeah. i don't know if that's allowed in the lineage but let's just say it happens and then he sees another guy and he's like yo you, he's got those blue contacts like me dude those fucking bright blue yeah. contacts in there like what's up like he's got the same haircut like i don't know about this guy man you know like, he's got like, he's got like just the same complexion as me and like yeah they're gonna fight each other man like or, or at least like i don't know i can't imagine yeah, I hitler, hitler was down to like kind of like 
uh, socialize sure. Hitler. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I want to show what the I want us to know what the Arizona State Hitler turned out like. Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, shorts with the tan. Sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, dude. He's got a pet snake at home that he yeah. shows off for the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. He's back to- <laughs> Joe Exotic <laughs> Hitler. Yeah, just just that would be, yeah. so, be so sick, man. Yeah, yeah, guy. I think there's a lot you can do with that. But you know, it also started the debate now, and it's it's a it's a very tired debate you see it on the internet and it's kind of like one of those hack philosophical questions now but correct me if i'm wrong this this movie probably started the would you kill baby hitler debate oh, yeah. right i mean like because yeah. everybody i like because it, it, i will say this like we're, i want to I, I do want to know your guys' opinion on this but i love the idea that like somebody's like yeah i would take a cinder block to a baby's head like i would <laughs> yeah. just i would just i would just yeah. fucking Put me in coach. Yeah, dude. I'm come on. I, I've been looking. For, I've been waiting on the word. You know, like I've just. I've just been. Yeah, exactly. The John Fogarty center field starts playing, and you, yeah. you, get, you get put into the put into the game. But yeah, the uh, uh, yeah, you like. I would kill baby Hitler, but like for me. I would give baby Hitler Rishi from an early age. Yes. Um, get yeah. him on a course. Cause look, let's be real, dude. Let's, let's be real for a second. Sorry to some of our listeners that might have been critics of Gregory Peck's performance. Uh, but sorry to some of those guys, but like, let's be real. Like for someone to be that evil, there's gotta be some smarts there. You know what I mean? There's gotta be something there. It's the same way. It's like remote viewing can be used by the CIA as like some evil shit. But like, if I, it's like Bill Gates. Like Bill Gates is stupid. Like no, he's yeah. It's cope. It's cope. Yeah, Yeah, it's super cope when like your absolute enemy and you're like, it's stupid. Yeah, they're 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 stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like now, that being said, the next movie that we'll get into, I think that their enemy is kind of stupid. But like, it's it's in this sense, you're like fighting a, a huge evil. I, I don't think you I don't think you get rid of Hitlerism by killing Hitler. You know what I mean? I don't think that I don't think that happens because mm-hmm. there's always going to be an evil dictator or an evil just freak that comes out in, in that sense. But if from an early age, you let's say you did. I don't I mean, I'd be against the whole process, of course, of uh, trying to make the next one. But I, I dude, you you alter that guy in a sense, like mentally, I would give him I do. I, I, I would probably just have Terrence McKenna lectures playing for baby in baby Hitler's crib. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your nurture, your nurture vibe. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Time wave. Just listening yeah. to time wave. You call his, up, his call up Dean. And be like, we got the best documentary f- uh, premise for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't freak out when I tell you who the baby is. Yeah. Don't freak out. <laughs> don't freak out. <laughs> yeah, just prom, promise. No. Promise you're not gonna freak out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, totally. Like, I mean, I think that's the whole point. With um, you know, in the end, when. Uh, uh, Lieberman, like Lawrence Olivier's character, he's like, you know, he's the Nazi hunter and the organization comes to him and they ask him like, hey, like, you know, give us the name of these children because they're the next Hitler. Like, and, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, he knows they're going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, like, you know, you want to slaughter children. And it's just like, oh, wow. Even this guy who is so depraved, like he wants to, he wants to like, like, kill every single Nazi out there, but the genetic sons of Hitler, he's mm-hmm. even willing to consider, Hey, maybe there is a nurture over nature in this aspect. hundred percent. And I mean, like, 
that was just like it, that really threw me off in the film when I watched it. I was like, oh wow! <laughs> like, no, the last I really thought they would have went went the other way with this. Yeah. Right, the last twenty, I'd say twenty twenty five minutes from the basically the farmhouse with all the Doberman scene all the way all the way to the end is I would put that yeah, against oh, any yeah. movie. I'd put that against any movie. The last 20, 25 minutes of it. It's so 100%. good. It's yeah. so good. Like when, I mean, you, you finally get the scene, like you're waiting all the time. It's like, when does Gregory, when do I get to see Gregory Peck and Lawrence Olivier in their older years square mm-hmm. off? Like, when do I get that? Cause it's, it's that's I mean, like, got, that's like De Niro and Pacino and he, yeah. you know what I mean? That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You get like, you know, yeah. you're, you're talking Atticus Finch. I mean, all these, all, you know, all these great, mm-hmm. like legendary characters, Gregory Peck played. You have, I mean, Lawrence Olivier a year or two earlier is playing the, the evil dentist Nazi, uh, uh, Christian Zell in Marathon oh, Man. Yeah. I mean, like mm-hmm. just before that, doing it amazing. Mean, it's crazy to play a Jew and a Who, Nazi. Who's Mengele? Like that, that character was supposed to be Mengele. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, dude, Lawrence Olivier was just like, fine. If this is my last years of acting, I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll just, I'll, I'll have the Nazi uh, Jew arc uh, <laughs> uh, playing. But I mean, like, but it's crazy. Like, when would you do that? You would, people would freak out now if that happened, like more so oh, yeah. than anything. Like if, if it was like, I don't know, uh, Timothy Chalamet, right? Let's say Timothy Chalamet <laughs> plays like, you know, uh, an insane like slave master in a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like he plays like an insane slave master that's just like almost like DiCaprio, Django type character. Um, they, they would be like, oh, first off, they'd have their own. That shouldn't be allowed, blah, blah, blah. But then like what if Timothy Chalamet plays like. A slave. I mean, that might be bad too for ultimate reasons, but like, let's just say Timothy Chalamet plays like a slave in that sense. Like, yeah. it's just like people would freak out about going back to oh, that. Yeah. Like, you're going, like, you can't do that because people think movies are real. Yeah. Um, so, like, you, they think, like, it's there was a thing about, uh, um, uh, M- uh, Matt Cini from uh, Getting Lit Pod one time said, like, because that there's people freaking out about the idol right now on HBO. And oh, yeah, and, he did that and, that podcast. Uh, he did that an episode about that. Yeah, it was great. No, no, was yeah, great. he's great. And but he, I, I don't even know if it was on the show yet because I haven't listened to that episode yet. But there was one uh, like tweet he had said, and, and I think it was about it, it might not have even been about that, but it also some fiction. Some like I think it's the it was the how women, uh, when they get bored, when they have like an when women have like their off season, when it's a slow off season for women, <laughs> uh, when they yeah. immediately go to Fight Club about how bad Fight Club is. And, uh, <laughs> and no, it's it's like clockwork every year. It's like, have we yeah. have you ever actually sat and watched Fight Club and what it's actually saying? Mm-hmm. Um, they they do that every year, but I think that was what it was. And but but Matt had said like, dude, um, in the 19th century, they banned women from like reading because they wouldn't be able to tell fiction against, uh, versus nonfiction. And I'm not saying women. I think just libs. I think there's two genders now. There's libs and non-libs. So like libs shouldn't be allowed to watch movies or read books for like, just till we figure out what's going on. Um, just till we figure out what's going on. Cause just cause, pause like, it until we can figure out what the heck is going on here. Yeah. Just yeah, till we can yeah. figure out what's going on. But yeah, you have the, um, the, yeah, the, 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 the the dope where Hitler's like a uh, rural trad trad cath Hitler is on his little farm, um, you know, the, uh, on the, with, uh, with his Doberman and there's that final scene and I, I got it at first, but the second time watching it is like, it's kind of crazy from Lieberman's perspective. He's torn up on the couch. He's all messed up and he's watching uh, Mengele get eaten by Doberman at the command of baby Hitler. Like, yeah, and, exactly. and he's kind of yeah. just like, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this guy's like not for it, but he's like, he's still got that dog in him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's still, yeah, yeah he's still yeah. got that dog in him. Like, like that yeah, Hitler going to Hitler, yeah. you know what I mean? But, but <laughs> you might think like, okay, I might need that intensity on my side. If there's a Hitler, I need the counter Hitler. 
You know, like yeah. it's, it's just if my enemy has Hitler, I have to have I have to have a response, you know, so <laughs> like because in the 40s, they they kind of didn't, you know, until. until yeah. so, so it's just like uh, I, I thought that was such an interesting dynamic of, of the movie. But I, I did yeah. love that whole scene because like, I mean, there was so, we, we, you know, you're talking about like this, you know, nature versus nurture, but like mm-hmm. the certain baby Hitler that was growing up in the family that had the Dobermans, you know, the last, in the last scene, mm-hmm. um, like that father was like talking about like, Hey, we don't have problems with Nazis <laughs> yeah. here. We got problem with, you know, N words. Yeah. And then, by the um, way, did you see the cut, the cut to Gregory Peck's face, the edit where he just does a hard. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's, he's like, a hard yeah, degree. Man. Yeah. He's okay, like, we're, so true. That's, yeah. That's number two. That's number yeah. two. Yeah. But he's like, you're almost there. Warmer, yeah. warmer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and he, he was taught. So, um, yeah, he said that. And also, um, uh, he, Sorry, I threw oh, you off with that one. Said. I threw you yeah. off. I, I, had to, I had to call off. I had no, to call off that. This is my favorite edit. I, that should have won best editing that year. If it didn't, I, I just did the Oscars. But yeah, but, no, wait, what you're getting at is like, you know, he's on the, he his dad, uh, baby Hitler's uh, dad, who's like, I don't know what he is. He looks like Polish oh, Catholic oh, or something. I, I remember. Yeah, go ahead. I, I remembered. Um, yeah, he, um, he was talking about his son's like uh, photographs of dogs. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, Gregory Peck was admiring them, and he was like, "Oh, these are beautiful! Like you know, these Dobermans. Like you know, your son takes these. He's, and father's like, yeah, uh, a little like a little gay or something, like a little <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, like a little artsy, like you know, like I, I don't really like that shit. And that's just like how Hitler was raised. So it's like they sort of did plan for the type of family that Hitler was raised around maybe mm-hmm. to um, grow up to be Hitler. So when you go back to Lawrence Olivier saying like, Hey, you know, like nature over nurture. Well, like the nurture they give them mm-hmm. is like kind of how Hitler was nurtured. So that, that kind of throws that um, angle off a little bit, but I mean, I still, I just find the whole thing like really interesting. They would, and they would, I would guarantee you any, like any actual like genetic maximalist, I think would argue that nurture comes from, you know what I mean? Nature essentially is like, or nurture, excuse me, comes from like the genetic aspect because they are searching for the dad. Like they were searching for the dad to give the baby to, right? So they they would find a dad who's like, this guy's going to hate on his art. Like it's, it's, it's basically Mm -hmm. like you control the overall environment and like you find like, you know, they're not going to give, they would never, even if he fit the exact height, weight, you know, age that he would die at, they would never give it to like an artsy fartsy dad that would just like yeah. be like, you know, it would have to be like a more conservative, like what the hell's your problem? Put the camera away kind of thing. Like he would have to do that. Like it's, it, it they would, I think they would argue that nurture ultimately comes from that. You know, like that, yeah. that, that, it, that, it, that, you know, you, you, there's people that have a genetic answer for like every behavior. And I, I don't believe that, but I, I think, I think your environment does in fact breed certain behaviors. Uh, a lot of times, not, not all, I don't think it's an excuse for anything. I don't think it, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it absolves you of any of accountability or anything, but I do think that, you know, if you are taking a certain range of outcomes, like, you know, seven out of 10 times that, that Hitler anti-art thing, when you give him to that dad, it's, it, he's going to hate on the, the, the art and Hitler's art sucked. 
I mean, it did. Like, yeah. like if I was Hitler trying to beat trying to beat the bad art allegations, I would simply make good art. Like, I mean, I, they I, did it. I, I don't know. I've honestly, I think I, I know I've seen some paintings, but I just, I, I can't. Honestly, I can't recall enough to make a decision one way or the other. Yeah, they're nothing. They're nothing. Yeah. They're just they're, nothing. They're just yeah. like average. Yeah, they're not even bad. They're not even like bad. They're not even bad to the point where you could be like, wow, that's actually so bad that there's something there. You know, it's not mm -hmm. that it's 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 just like mid like like office like inspire with like a mountain range. Like, kind of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like like Michael Scott <laughs> hanging in Michael Scott's office, which that would have been a great office episode, by the way. Michael Scott buys the Hitler painting. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I got it dirt cheap, you know, like it just it wasn't selling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it was but it, but right exactly it's just it's just super mid like but um no i it, it's it's a great movie i it had been on my list for a while um and i knew you liked it and i was like man i, I, I have you read the novel no i haven't i want no. to i haven't read any of i 11 stuff i want to read rosemary's baby want to mm -hmm. read this one um and i know he did uh, sliver also which oh nice was a great movie the sharon stone yeah one. sure like and i know it was like kind of a corny movie it still is but i think the novel i can probably like it's probably much better than the you know sharon stone exploitative movie like that movie was just made to like hey here's sharon stone being right. sexy right you know so yeah, absolutely I don't think pro they probably didn't do justice to the novel all right by the so, way if, any, if anyone wants uh there's a like a real life kind of version of this thing vaguely have you guys ever seen the documentary three identical strangers no it's a couple years old i think it's in no. 2018 um it's about i'll just give a brief synopsis it's like anyone you guys would like it and anyone listening might want to check it out it was a trip man it tripped me the fuck out uh it's about these this guy that discovers he had basically uh an identical twin, right? That he had never met. That was raised in a totally different family, and then they discover that they had another. They were part of a pair of or a set of triplets, and they're mm -hmm. all adults by this point. But they're like, "Yo, what the fuck?" They were like young adults, and they met, and it was actually a big media sensation. Like, oh, these three triplets found each other, and it was like a big. They were on like the Tonight Show and all this shit, right? But it turns out they were part of this experiment where wow. where they uh, this adoption agency would send twins and triplets off to different sets of families and follow them throughout their life to quote unquote end the nurture na nature nurture debate but it's so like unethical and gnarly and they they redacted all the data it's it's fucked up. like i won't spoil it or anything but it's you, you will be like yo what the fuck man it yeah. is creepy dude yeah it is a strange ass yeah. film so yeah, yeah that's real life too yeah that's <laughs> exactly yeah. no it's uh no it, that's great i i um i I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out but yeah. the uh <clears throat> the next one that i want to talk about is the movie it's just simply it's just simply titled brazil and this was another one i'm a, I'm a terry gilliam i'm a huge terry gilliam fan i'm a big monty python fan i've been fighting off the monty oh. python i've been fighting <laughs> off monty python haters all my life my mom oh man to, so have i yeah uh, my yeah. my but i would but i was alone <laughs> i was alone it was, it was it was like call of duty zombies you know mm -hmm. the, the zombies game where they all start coming through the room telling you terry gilliam's gay like and yeah. and, and and monty python sucks but you know I had embarrassingly enough, this was like the one of his big films that I hadn't seen. 
em- embarrassingly enough, Fear and Loathing, of course. And we, <laughs> I mean, I hadn't seen Twelve Monkeys until we did the episode on it either. So I, I, his actual filmography, I hadn't been um, super into, or at least hadn't hadn't given it a chance. And I don't know why I hadn't, because he finds a way to take the Monty Python weird, corny aesthetic and just really, really touch on some complex crazy ideas with them um mm. and so the premise of this movie and and it I, I can totally see why people would from the first scene of of uh jonathan price's i think it's sam lowell is this uh, character's name when when he's when he's flying with like angel wings i can understand where people are like what the fuck is this when they watch yeah. it like what like what like what is this but if you're a python head like me you're just like let's rock let's rock yeah, yeah this you is know gonna what be Terry something so the concept of the movie, right? And like the plot of the movie is 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 very good, but I I don't know that that matters at all. Like the the, the actual plot of this movie, yeah. it's the obstacles that matter. Um because I I have not read Ayn Rand yet. I have not. Uh uh Eric, have you read have you read Ayn Rand? Um I read Anthem and The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Okay, so so you've so you've read. Is this is this like is this a is this a Randian story would you say Br- brazil like just with the bureau- bureaucratic I, I, element uh, yeah f- uh, philosophically yeah sure okay. yeah definitely yeah cool so so the the whole concept is the sam lowell guy he just he's like dreaming about this this girl and he's working in this cold uh, hmm terry gilliam was so wrong how everything is cold and gray uh, yeah. uh aesthetically <laughs> now just so wrong Ugh, crazy now the one thing he's and i love um but he but he's going through these constant bureaucratic loops he works he's a he's a bureaucrat he he works very much you really only can work for that or else you're just kind of this like rebel or you're or you're suffering from it essentially you either work for the machine or you're suffering from it um it's like this giant like it almost looked like gotham to me a little bit from the 90s bath ba- uh, batman cartoons uh mm-hmm. kind of some a lot of the a lot of the buildings but the uh the idea is that he's just really just like like wants to find this girl like the the whole time because she just kind of reminds it kind of just like kind of just is something different you know and and she has longer hair in the dreams than she does in real life and just looks more you know he has this idea of who she is um but then occasionally catches glimpses of her throughout throughout there but um it, it just the concept is it's just a bureaucratic nightmare. Everything he wants to go to. I mean, let's just say this. You want to you want to it, it just shows constant scenes of people saying, like, I want to file a complaint here. And they're like, well, actually, that department's over there. And they're like, I, I just came from that department. Can I do this here? Yeah. And spot the lie, dude. That is literally what happens every like every single time <laughs> when there was a point A to point B solution 10 years ago. We've added points, you know, the, the final the final letter is Z now, like to where we have to get through to to get to literally for comcast xfinity customer service mm-hmm. you know what i mean for like to make oh, sure yeah. that my my wi-fi works you know like the, the the shit is insane like and i love the imagery of this because you have like even in his dreams he's just point a to point b i'm gonna go fly to this girl in the sky and then these like big pillars pop up that he has to go mm-hmm. around and he's and like that he's just going through that in real life but it's not the fantasy element is what everybody thinks has to happen for someone to spot a problem like wow that pillar got in the way of that angel something's wrong but really it's like no it's all these stupid pipes that are just these bureaucratic dumb city project pipes that are coming through these fancy restaurants and these wires these loose wires everywhere like just all this stuff that just creates fake jobs for people that just mm-hmm. makes life harder for the regular person yeah, just also they had dumb mistakes that cause problems for people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
bureaucratic nightmares. Yeah, I remember one time I was like, I was at the DMV like a couple of years ago, and I know like at DMV it's like always lame, but this was like I was trying to get my California my Nevada driver's license and. Mm -hmm. California one had expired at the time. This was like around COVID and they just like had shut everything down. You don't, you didn't need a valid license for anything pretty much. Like <laughs> they didn't care. And when I went back to get my real ID, they were like, okay, you need a birth certificate. And they gave me the place to apply for a birth certificate. Well, birth certificate place said like, Hey, like uh, scan your, your driver's license and like, you know, we'll let you know. And I scanned it and they're like, well, it's expired. So you can't get your birth certificate. Well, I need that to get my ID. And yeah. it was this huge thing where I had to eventually figure out you had to get it through the department of health. And it was crazy. <laughs> like the bureaucracy in it was, it, it drove me crazy. And, I mean, I mean, I don't think I could have really like survived it unless like, you know, the whole like, well, the COVID excuse existed for a little bit. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. now they're doing now they're doing now that California is doing this thing where you need a real California ID. And it's like all then you look at yeah. it and it's and it's just vertical instead of horizontal. Oh, You're like, oh, yeah. sick. like I'm oh, sick. a barcode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's got a barcode on the back that they scan if you want to buy any cool. alcohol or tobacco products. Very like, cool. yeah, they can. Yeah, that's put me in a yeah, database. So cool. Put me in a database <laughs> to buy this fucking to buy this IPA, please. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah put yeah. put me on a put me on a list. And uh, yeah, the, the but the, the crazy the uh, there is a character in this in this uh, in this film that I, Terry Gilliam loves to put a, a very RC rare candy coated character. Um, in, in pretty much all of his films and in this film uh in 12 monkeys you had the brad pitt character you know kind of mm -hmm. schizo yeah. uh <laughs> sees the world a different way guy robert de niro's character um who you don't know exists yet because there is a, a a clerical error at the beginning that it happens there's so many employees but there's still all these clerical er errors uh where they say this guy buttle or last name is but tuttle or buttle one of the two tuttle and buttle get confused um the name and they like arrest the wrong guy for like this very minor infraction and they bust into the guy's house during like christmas and like take him away from his family and everything for it but the yeah. robert de niro character is who they want uh, Robert De Niro's character is uh, then called upon because there is like a, le a bad AC unit or something in uh, Sam Lowell's house. And uh, Robert De Niro's character comes in with the pistol like he's crazy. He's like ready to rock. Um, but he comes into the pistol and then they they uh, he opens up this wall and there's all these like excess wires and like really, really stressful looking cables. It's like the whole movie looks really stressful, cartoonishly Pee Wee's Playhouse level stress of like all these movie parts or moving parts. And he all of a sudden he's like, OK, all I got to do is just bypass this. He's like, I can't replace that because it's obviously like this weird city part that has like a tracking device on it. He's like, I could just bypass it. Right. Which is another metaphor. Yeah. Right. You could just bypass all this bullshit if you want to. And he just puts in this little part. Boom. And then like everything's working all well again. Well, then the real company shows up and, it, and they're the city company. And they're like, <laughs> you didn't fill out a H stroke, B stroke, v, Z stroke uh, form. And they're freaking out. There's two people instead of one, which is another uh, uh, subtlety there where it's like, actually, we sent two guys to do the, a job that one guy could have done easily. 
uh, one smart, competent person could have done. Uh, and then there's like a singing woman that comes in. All this like dumb, this dumb stuff happens. But the Robert De Niro character uh, injected into my veins. I mean, I just I mm-hmm. love his character so much. And and, he, and he's and he's billed as a superhero. He always goes away heroically like a superhero on like a zip line and stuff, yeah. uh, which I love. <laughs> I just love I just love the I love the comedy of it. And that's the Monty Python aspect is like the guy that just does the simplest task and doesn't put you through the ringer of all these dumb mm-hmm. things. He's a superhero. Yeah, it's also a shock seeing him in a role like that. It's kind of yeah. refreshing. It's like a splash of cool water on the face. You're like, oh, this I like this. Yeah, I like this. You know, it's like, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not awesome. overutilized. You know, he's no. not over. Yeah, it's no like a real, real light touch. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I and then on the flip side, conversely, you have the foil character to the Robert De Niro. You have the blue pilled Michael Palin for, of Monty <laughs> Python fame, oh, where yeah. he's just where he's working in the office. He's got his kid playing in the office. That's so like the whole child care, like your kids play here type thing. Like everything happens at work. Uh, but then he's just like mysteriously covered in blood a lot of times. They're like, why do you? Why is this guy? Why does this guy have, like blood all over his hands? <laughs> yeah. um, but he's bought into the whole thing. And and Michael Palin, I mean, if you haven't watched the old Monty Python, he is like just like that total like just like caffeinated, like oblivious person in so many like Monty Python skits. So he does it so well. Um, (laughs) And he's just the perfect guy to succeed in it to just not even fail upward, but just do nothing essentially and just go and just go upward and upward and upward and i love how the offices have that table that like they pull one side of the table and the other like the other office gets like more of the table and stuff yeah, yeah. I, I i love just the stunts <laughs> of all the of all the rooms but uh yeah my, michael palin is is so funny in in that where he's just like it's just that that's the guy that succeeds right and that's when we're talking about in that call if you guys aren't on the, the substack rarecandy.substack.com our last episode on there uh, the, on the premium fee, we were talking about like the person that does well in college, like like really well, is just the person that just doesn't think, doesn't like yeah. even stop and think about this is stupid. They just they go, yeah. this is how this is life. Therefore, this is how I succeed in life. Mm-hmm. Not the not that the and, that, and then there's merit to that, right? Like there's merit. There's I I can't fault people for doing that. Like yeah. it's not That's Michael good. Palin's fault. Yeah. In this in this in this thing, like you're not like Michael Palin's the villain. He's not. Like, I like, guess the thing, he's just he, like that dude is cog. straight up succeeding. Cog. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cog. It's exactly what it is. It, it, yeah. And this movie was meant. Um, I, I should I should talk about what the, what this movie was, because uh, just like the island of Dr. Moreau, like it just seemed like which is next uh, this this weekend coming up on Gain of Fiction. Wow, there, there is that. It, it's very funny that when people try to when people adapt a certain story and like the things in the story become the obstacles in making the movie uh itself which dr moreau there were all these things that happened on the island like all these crazy just it was seemed like a movie that was never meant to be made uh but like brazil terry gilliam had to go through a straight up hollywood bureaucratic nightmare to even make this movie and there is an alternate cut that's an hour and a half where it ends where they he just falls in love with the girl and they're on a farm and that's it yeah yeah it's supposed to be like a tv cut or something it's crazy yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And the Hollywood executives like it's funny because, you know, you can make like a ha ha Hollywood. Uh, uh, Eric, you were just on drunk on movies talking about Tootsie, right? Like there yeah. was uh, Tootsie. Is, it, they love those type of movies where it's like, hee hee, this is funny behind the camera. This happens. Ha mm-hmm. ha ha. Like so funny how everyone gets to see the, you know, inside studio uh, network is the same way uh, um, uh, of oh, a movie. Yeah. Same, same kind mm-hmm. of way. But I think a lot of times Hollywood execs don't want to don't want to talk about like the actual bureaucratic nightmare of Hollywood. Like I think they yeah. might be a little quick because like <laughs> people would walk out of the screen because he was coming off of a movie gilliam was coming off of a movie uh, called time bandits 
that was uh, I haven't seen, but it's it's like a kind of a, a jolly, funny comedy starring Sean Connery. And it did really well in theaters. So people so what the Hollywood did is they blindly bankrolled. There were guys like executives. They're like, I just t- saw that idea and just said, well, that's the guy that did Time Bandits. Therefore, I will fund his next movie. So they all yeah. watched it and they were like, yeah, this is funny, but no one's going to get it. And so then it just he had to go through all these hoops. They wanted certain edits done. And I know that happens with a lot of movies. But like Gilliam is is, is a type A alpha. Like he's just like, no, it's not going to happen. Like I'm going to put out my cut. Like it's going to be it's going to be my cut. But it is funny that he had to go through all that stuff in this movie, basically, to, to mm-hmm. make it like to make his bureaucratic nightmare movie, um, which yeah. I thought was uh, was was quite interesting. Yeah, no. Um, like it was like it reminded me like the whole film like reminded me of like kind of like you know it was very like it's Kafka you know mm-hmm. um, yes, it yes, reminded yes. me of Kafka's The Trial yeah I don't know if you've read that book I plan to um, but no I haven't have is that is that on the list no is but it, but I have a copy so anything on my bookshelf is going to get done so yeah that's, <laughs> that's just the way. way to do it yeah yeah well, the trial, right? <laughs> I mean I know the plot of it he basically this guy's on trial and they, they're like what he's like what for and they're like we can't tell you and it's just like yeah well, bro what mm-hmm. the fuck you know like, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah cough it was yeah pr- mm-hmm. pretty much him like navigating through this whole system trying to find out what he's on trial for and it was like it was the the, the main movie out of it that was directed by orson wells right um oh. anthony perkins was in it jean moreau um yeah it was a really good movie too um but yeah this like this movie just like really synthesized that like kind of bureaucratic behavior which I know it was supposed to be a response to the Margaret Thatcher era yeah. of England, which I don't know too much about. Right. I know she was conservative. Um, I I don't think she liked bureaucracy much. Mm-hmm. So I think she would have liked this film, I guess. But at the same time, I feel that this film was made in a response to like some sort of dystopia that she had created. And sure. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, maybe our British friends could enlighten yeah. us. Yeah. I, 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 I actually don't. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah. Yeah. Wall of text the next day. Actually, no, but, uh, <laughs> um, it ain't real Thatcherism. Yeah. But, <laughs> Uh, real fascism have never has never been tried yeah right right exactly but the the uh no you're right and and there's a because because you can't you can in the same way we talked about the hitler like you can have the hitler and like angle him towards a certain way to be like ah hopefully it stays this way for a long time similar to like a dr moreau hopefully this guy acts like this Mm -hmm. thing for a long time because you can say that you can be like Oh man, like, but but it is like I'm sorry. Terry Gilliam's the one American guy in Monty Python, so I'm kind of like, look, I understand he probably has a has an ear to the streets on British politics, of course. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like, dude, you're you're, um, I, I this has to be like this has to be more of like an American overinflated bureaucracy movie. And like you said, Thatcher is a conservative. I don't know what in, I don't know what a conservative in British in Britain is. I, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but there's uh there's dude, there's British people just slamming scones on the floor right now, dude. Listening to <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just fucking fuck. Like yeah. Yeah. and uh um but they're, they're <laughs> the uh but no there 
he it's one of these it's one of these things where like it's clear that at the at the end the character thinks he's won right which that's how the tv cut supposed to be is where he wins he goes to the he goes to the farm and he's far away it's not crowded it's not jam packed it's not this cold neoliberal gray menlo park looking place like it's not it's not that it's it's this farm but then he's zapped back into his like insane that really like harrowing place and then his own buddy with with is is basically like uh lobotomizing him in a sense to basically become him right and uh, mm-hmm. um it's like that that's that's what happens but like i i just i i see so much of i'm gonna choose to see this as predictive you know what i mean because he wanted to call this 1984 and a half terry gilliam wanted to call this movie that and, really? and it was gonna be it was gonna be an ode <laughs> to two films it was gonna be an ode to fellini's eight and a half and of course George Orwell's 1984. So he wanted to basically combine that. And he wrote it years and years before. It just took so long to make. But he wanted to call it that. And like, yeah, look, ask anybody with politics what 1984 is. Ask anybody and you will get so many different answers. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. You'll, you'll, if you ask the most blue-pilled lib of all time, 1984 is conservative Christians saying you can't get an abortion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's what that is. If you ask an rc listener it's you got to take this shot uh we have contact tracing we have all this stuff like yeah i know you may not collect rainwater here's some fluoride like there's a lot of uh a lot of if you ask any of us like that's that's different so like i i get when like terry gilliam is is a is he he kind of shit on john cleese a little bit uh in uh in i think around brexit time which i still don't know what brexit is um but (laughs) hand up Hand up. I thought it was a new English term for breakfast, but uh, it was. This <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, is that on the Jack in the Box munchie meal here or something? Yeah. And uh, the, but the, I thought it was that, but like John Cleese was pro Brexit, nearly had this Nick, Harry Potter, you know what I mean? Legend, legendary actor. Um, he, he was pro Brexit, and Terry Gilliam's like, John's off his rocker. That's my boy, but he's an idiot. You know what I mean? Like he, he said that. But then also Terry Gilliam, goes at uh, in 2022 says about Dave Chappelle. He stands by Dave Chappelle uh, yeah. when Dave Chappelle was getting all the tranny backlash at Netflix and stuff. He, he, he said, uh, look like I, I'm just going to identify as a black woman now. Then that's like what he said. And he's just like, I stand by Dave Chappelle. And then he got his movie that he was working on just completely all the funding pulled yeah. from oh, it. Wow. So like, <laughs> it's just, I, look, whatever this movie means, any listener of this show that like i mean even if you don't agree with us fully i'm pretty sure you're gonna see it as how we see it like it's just (laughs) it's just trying to do anything in life and i live in probably the most bureaucratic state of of the of the of the union you know what i mean like it's 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 i mean maybe not (laughs) i don't know i'd only know one state so i mean i mean i I live i live in the coolest state too you know that's the other thing it's a cool state but uh you know it's, it's run in a sense that like we have we, we've reached a point where like there's so much private company overreach and then there's so much bureaucratic nonsense that happens. You kind of don't know who to be mad at. That's where we've at. It's been muddled so much because even when I watched Brazil, you still knew who to get mad at. Like you yeah. knew who was doing it because it was all a government thing. Right. Yeah. And that's always been the, the, the kind of bait people that think like China's based on Twitter and stuff. Oh God. Yeah. God, God bless them. <laughs> God horrible. bless their heart. Yeah. God bless their heart. But like, oh, you know, those fuck. people, I'm not going to name yeah. names, but there's those people that are like, actually it's free speech. 
you don't need it. You know, like there's, there's those mm-hmm. guys. Um, yeah. but they think that one thing I heard a guy say, it, 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 I, I almost threw my scone on the floor when I heard it, but it was, he said, he, he, this guy said, actually in China, when something is done wrong with you, done wrong to you, you know exactly who to look at. And that's why it's cool that everything's centralized over there. And I'm just like, that sucks because then it's still something went wrong with you. And also maybe that thing's so powerful that you, they can just cut off all the, the supplies to your house and starve you to death. And, and then by the time you, the guy with the, the guy flips down his uh, welding mask and is welding your door shut, um, you know, f- to not go outside. But like, I will say, I do understand in a sense that like, I don't know if I, when the, when a utility goes bad out here, like it's a nightmare to find out who's responsible for the utility that going bad, where it's like, let's say there's a street light out at um at a, at a very big intersection and it's and it's flashing and there's been accidents and stuff uh um in, a, in an expressway it's like okay the city runs the street lights right they're the ones that switch them turn them on and off however a private yeah. company owns the electricity that powers the street lights and then you know blah 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 so then you're you have this we have this like mixture of private and bureaucracy that i don't think anybody like gilliam or anybody could see like it's 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 truly emerging and it and it but it's still separate in a sense to where there's plausible deniability about any authoritarianism where it's like but, yeah i don't know i mean but, but you really should like you pay taxes mm-hmm. so those street lights should be taken care of that's the bottom line. And 100%. I think if you pay taxes, it should be taken care of and you should be able to complain like a normal citizen and get a response. But I don't know, like that's what, you know, I'm, I'm against taxation. So taxation is theft. I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. So I, I, again, I think it would just be better if private companies took care of these things, but yeah. So, right. so okay, you know, let's, again, let's, then, then let's you have the whole capitalism argument, you know? Which, yeah. Let, well, let's yeah. get into that. Cause I, cause I, I, mm-hmm. I go back and forth. Truly. I go back and forth on it. I'm like, yeah, private company. Hell yeah. Like I'm, I'm down with that. But like, I, I live in an area where PG&E runs everything like PG&E Pacific gas and electric, right? They, they have mm-hmm. like, it's, it's still, ha- it's still the same thing as a bureaucratic nightmare. You know what I mean? And you pay a power bill, right? In the same way that you would pay yeah. taxes. But it's like, it's, it, I just, I just don't notice that much of a difference. That's my only thing. And, it, and it's, again, I don't, I'm not advocating. I prefer, I just prefer non monopolies. Like, so I don't really exactly. care. Like, like yeah. but, but the problem is, is like, I just don't, I, I think, I think it's, we're getting into the name. Like, maybe does a monopoly always happen, though? That's what I wonder. Like, I, is that just the end result of this all the time? Is that a, that the, the, because there's always going to be the one person, there's always going to be the one company that kind of plays a little dirty and just accumulates it all, accumulates all the power, buys out the other company. And then at the end of the day, you're looking at like a Walmart, but of something that keeps your lights on, you know? And I, mean, I, I do wonder that. I just do wonder. Does that always happen? Maybe, but I mean, that's why you have to keep a good government regulated with, you know, uh, what the people want. So, I mean, I think uh, with what you're talking about, as far as like, you know, private institutions controlling like power or something, I mean, I think that would be fine. I don't think a monopoly would always win out. I mean, that's the problem with what we have now is the monopoly. And 
I mean, that's what we should really end is because like, yeah, you, you move like, especially it's also with cable too. Like, mm-hmm. um, there, like I remember this was like 10 years ago or so when cable was a little bit more relevant, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I tried to get a cable company and it was like, well, yeah, you know, only Comcast or Cox or whatever. Yeah. California. And, just like well i don't want that oh well no there's free choice you can have a dish or whatever and like i don't want a dish what if i want a cable company well no there's only one and that was a monopoly because why because there were other providers that used a different means and Mm -hmm. i i don't know i thought that was kind of a odd way to get out of it but Mm -hmm. i mean at the same time, like, I don't know, it is a private company. And if they're doing the best job, mm-hmm. and as long as there is someone that is allowed to compete against them, that's fine. Like, I, I just don't, I don't like yeah. monopolies that are, you know, non-compete. Yeah, but, you have to have, I, I like the meritocracy element of, of it. I, I, I would, if I was guaranteed that aspect of it, I absolutely would. If I, if I could be, cause I, dude, I love it in a sense, like, cause like, dude, let's say I want to get off Comcast, right? Like I want to get off Comcast because mm-hmm. I do, I hate it. I seriously hate yeah. it. So when I'm, when I'm talking to Steve, which I'm sure the guy's name is Steve for sure that I'm talking to, <laughs> uh, when I'm, when I'm talking to him, he's like, he's, I'm like, okay, well, I got charged this much. Uh, oh, the, sorry, your introductory package or whatever expired, and we automatically it went up like a hundred dollars. And I go, well, okay, well, I'm switching to this one. And then he'll be like, cool. I'm sorry, we lost your service. Is there anything we can do to keep you? No, absolutely not. I fuck you. I'm gonna burn down Comcast headquarters. Like, absolutely. <laughs> like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. He'll be like. Great. So to cancel your service, here's what we have to do. And it would become Brazil. Like, have you ever tried yeah. to cancel anything nowadays? Like, here's the thing, dude. I got people that's unsubscribed to our sub stack. It's the easiest thing in the fucking world. Why can't that yeah. be the bureaucratic nightmare? Like, why can't I create, yeah. but like, actually, oh, you want to not pay us $5 a month? God, I would love for it to just be all these cables start coming out that they have to plug in and all these like weird things they can't bypass. No, that's easy. However, if I want to opt out of the Funimation trial that I got for Ad- Agitator to watch some anime uh, one time, if I want to opt out of that, Lord, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's like I got to remember the password to get into the account mm-hmm. of the thing. No, that no, that's the new bureaucracy. Yeah, it the is. new bureaucracy that's, that's is. is remembering your fucking password to everything. hundred like, percent. Yeah. I know people are like, oh, you know, let use LastPass or whatever fucking password remembrance thing. Like, no, it doesn't work because you end up not remembering that password. It, <laughs> like, <laughs> it you work. forgot your last. None password. of that shit works. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. Yeah, it doesn't work. I, I it's. And the autocomplete for the brow- Chrome or Brave browser, the autocomplete, mm-hmm. it remembers it for another fucking site or something. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Or or your oh, update yeah. your update on Google Chrome didn't remember the password. Yeah. Like the, for some reason, they're like he's in this update, he's not gonna want to log into the site that he goes to every day. So that yeah. that yeah. that's that that's not gonna happen. And then like the use strong password where it's ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs, you're like, I there's, I'm <laughs> yeah. not gonna pick that. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not yeah, I that, wish dude. somebody would go into Navient student loan and hack it and pay it for me. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want a strong password for that. Like, so I yeah, I that's that's the issue. And then we have like an app like an app-based like bureaucracy that is through private companies now which is insane because like look these are from private companies but we 
have to grant them surveillance into our lives too. Like, like, you know, let's say I want to, I, I don't like these things, but like, let's say I want to use the health tracker thing, like a health tracker thing. It's like, all right, track my location. Or it's like something, something track my location. And every app wants to do this, but these aren't government apps. However, they can sell it. They can sell your information like and that and that's where it is like I I do think you would need like still like strong government law, like you said, to regulate those private companies, because it's like, dude, why why do I have to sell out my why do I have to sell out my information for everything or go like flip mode, flip phone mode? You know what I mean? Flip mode squad, but uh, flip phone uh, (laughs) uh, stuff like why? Why is that the two options? Like, it's just it's just ridiculous. And if I do go flip phone, like, guess what, man? I can't play Wordle. You know what I mean? And that's like what the family thing like, you know, then your family's like, oh, you don't want to like hang out with the family anymore. Like, you don't want to you don't want to do you don't want to do Wordle with your with your grandma. You know, like just like it's like this really crazy thing where it's like you have to opt, like you can't opt out to it. Like it's like this rebellion thing where you, where you, you can, but it's like nobody else goes with you. They're like, no, man, this is chill. Like, this is so chill what we do now with all these apps. I just don't. I, it's it's it, this movie really got my my wheels turning you know and then the plastic surgery the plastic surgery the only oh, the only yeah. like the the, 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 the <laughs> all the women getting the the black hole sun uh video the uh, plastic surgery uh like that dude yeah. like this movie's aesthetic to it is like like so influential to a lot of things i feel like um uh like just in general like i would imagine like you know even some people like tim burton you know even like tim burton movies kind of moved in more in that direction of like the kind of like things like that but like the plastic surgery thing where like the guy's mom and like when they order the food right there's that weird thing where like th- these women mm-hmm. are covered in bandages and he orders the food and and this is this is like insane where he has to put they want he has to point at the picture that he wants and he's like say the number and he's like can i just have the, the steak and he's like say the say the number he's like I, I want the steak he's like fine the number six and it comes out and it's just like a sample of like what a steak would taste mm-hmm. like like that shit yeah. is crazy to me. <laughs> like I, that shit. Like, cause it's boring. That's the thing. Like, all these things are so boring. And like that's how these things get into place and how people just go in with them is there's minor rewards, minor conveniences, less movement that you have to do. And it happens so slow over time that you forget what life used to be like. You know, like that it's like it, it you if you do the crazy Orwell Orwell, you know, Bradbury type dystopian stuff, like I do think some people will be like, wait, don't do that. But when it happens in this slow, methodical process where guys get jobs and move up in the companies and like, well, I, you know, I'm a programmer here. This is great. So I don't know what you're talking about. Like when there's these small minor rewards where you can order food from your couch on an app where your fingerprint is your password. So you'll never forget it. And all these all, all these things, people tend to go along with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's about reducing people down to numbers rather mm-hmm. than actual individuals you know like so i mean i think that's what this kind of gets at is like the bureaucracy is just trying to it's tries to serve people right well some bureaucrat scientist figures out well the best way to serve people is to sort of put them into categories they put them into categories and they reduce them to basically numbers on a grid and that's how they serve them and it just takes away like all like the human aspect of like living in a society and i think that's what brazil like kind of demonstrates is like that entire world you would never want to live in that type of world that was created in brazil yeah like, I, I, it was awful like, and i, just, I yeah, mean exactly it was just, 
completely done by numbers and bureaucrats. Yeah, and and it's funny because like that's that's ultimately like when people when you meet like a like a communist like Sai, I know you know a couple mm-hmm. communists, but like I've not, I still haven't met one in the wild. Like well, we real, all know uh, some communists. I, yeah, I, <laughs> the thing is, I've only seen them on the internet, and they all have more money than me, okay. oddly enough. Mm-hmm. But the uh, yeah, <laughs> neither, neither here nor there. I'm sure that's nothing. Yeah, um, yeah, inherited like certain houses that they would then lot, but uh, that would go against the estate tax that they would lobby for yeah no mm-hmm. it, seriously no it doesn't, doesn't matter doesn't they don't matter want to be landlords yeah doesn't matter mal would understand that my thing that i inherited is <laughs> yeah. actually based um but the the anyways i like that's the kind of even if even if they have these like you know because it's real communism hasn't been tried it's a meme blah 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 but like when you see communism it's like no it's just gonna look like this Anything, it's just going to look like this. It's going to be gray, boring. There's going to be overinflated place with, with, there's going to be no reward for competence. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I get it. Like, I don't, I don't really love when people are out in the street starving and stuff like that. I don't love that. However, you know, like, you have to have an incentive for people to be good at their job because anybody that's lying, anybody that wants to blame, you know, capitalism for the reason why like you know you gotta you can't get a paper menu at a place now because of a qr code um and then you when you when i go to a a a beer place right i go up to the bar and i and they go actually can i can i have that beer can i have this beer and they're like can you go to the table and scan the qr code it's easier if you do it that way like (laughs) like no it was actually easier when you pour the beer that i asked for that was actually easier um and and then and then like but that that's that concept where it's like that's the communism we're going to get is just going to be like the guy that the the jobs that are created is the guy to generate the code for the qr code mm-hmm. and then the the server the lady that shows the boomers how to use the qr code then she's got a job and then all of a sudden the business fails because you know it's just it, that's going to be the type of communism that we get like people will always say like aoc that's not communism you know what i mean that's that's not communism but it's like okay but that's that's what it's going to be yeah, I don't even want the thing that they want. <laughs> However, the thing that that's going to happen is going to be the AOC like Green New Deal communism. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. It's like, going to be the compromise communism. It's never going to be their ideal communism. And that's how it's always been. It's how it's been for like the like many communist regimes that have been around throughout the ages. Like just look at Mao, look at Stalin, look at Lenin, look at Castro. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's yeah, just, it, it's the just, the, it's just, it's all, it's all that. And it's like, it's just going to be this thing where it's like, I, I like, you know, I understand that like, I can reach for this product here. However, I need to go through four different avenues to make sure everybody has a job. Right. But mm-hmm. then that the, everybody having a job makes my simple job much harder. Right. Uh, so yeah. that, that, that's like, it just becomes a headache and then you end up getting mad at your coworkers right or the people in, involved there and you h- end up hating that person um but then then you get the backlash of hating you know workers and there's no solidarity and all that stuff and it's like no this shit just sucks that's all yeah. it is this shit just <laughs> sucks and like covid yeah. dude like when covid hit that's exactly like that just i mean you want to talk about the biggest bureaucratic nightmare in the world i mean it, I, that i've ever seen i mean i i don't know that we will ever see a, another one i mean like even even 9 11 which i i would say is the similar thing but even that was like way i don't know that we've ever the COVID stuff hasn't gone away 
Like I, yeah. I went, I went to a, like an old school Mexican restaurant in this small town. It was the first time somebody just handed me a paper menu where I didn't have to lie about my phone dying, you know, to not be able to scan a QR code. they just handed it to me and it was amazing. I was, I was floating with the angel wings in, in Brazil. What was happening? It was, I just, that's, that, like, that's what's going to happen. Like, like that, that, that's the, that, that's where we're at. And guess what? Like, what is the virus now? I don't even know that many people that think the virus is strong anymore. Like, I don't know that many people that are actually like scared of the actual virus, but no, the protocol stayed in place yeah. because, because it, because oh, we can't just pull the rug out. We can't just pull the rug mm-hmm. out. We're, what are we going to do with all these people that we sent to college for no fucking reason? Like, mm-hmm. and now they, now they're called now, now there's these big job markets that open up be, for, for things that actively hurt us, in my opinion. Now these things have opened up. We can't do it, guys. We can't do it. And that's how you end up like Brazil. Yeah. Now, and you also end up with a society that like doesn't really value working in places anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people who have just moved to stay-at-home jobs. And I know a few of them. It's like been a blessing because they have kids and they can right. stay home kids i get that and like that's that part i guess is really good there's something about people just complacently like oh i don't want to socialize with anyone anymore i only Mm want to search for jobs that are stay at home or like dropping out of the workforce because like oh there's no stay-at-home jobs available like it's that part is a little wild because like i know in my industry it's like we look for people all the time and there's just like not the applications like yeah i I think a lot of people are dropping out of the workforce and it's just because like well government can provide for a lot of it yeah there is like a lot of welfare out there yeah, well, it's, and it's like, you know, and then it's the whole exactly you get used to a certain thing and then go and then just simply going into your job every day, which look, I'm the I complain about my job all the time. I'm that I'm, I'm the last person to say it. But the simple act of going into the job is not the obstacle here. <laughs> like, you know, it's not the it's not the issue for me, but yeah. it is for so many people. But yeah, if you were if you were waking up five minutes before your shift starting, rolling out onto the couch, logging in and then realizing you didn't have anything to actually do until 845 in the morning. So you could play some FIFA, you know, I mean, maybe quote tweet a journalist on mm-hmm. on on Twitter or something like that. <laughs> maybe maybe do something pretty basic yeah. like that um, while you while you then while you're waiting for your libtard factory Zoom meeting uh, to 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 get go to to get rolling. Yeah. Like like that's that that's my thing. Like it's like there are these little rewards. You're the Michael Palin character at that point. I'm sorry, I don't blame you for all of yeah. this, but you're a cog. Like it's just mm-hmm. I I I it's I, look if you give these if you give people the option. To be lazy, most people are going to pick the job that's lazy. It's just going to be – it's just what's going to happen. But can ev- if I want society to run well, can everybody do that? We're trying it yeah. right now. I don't know the answer. I don't, that's <laughs> the thing is I, don't, I actually don't know the answer. I thought I did. I don't know the answer. I kind of think this is kind of sustainable um, just for the fact that it's still going. I mean I say sustainable meaning my lifetime. I don't think it is over hundreds of years. But I think – I think that there's going to be a day of reckoning for a lot of that. But I'm like, is it happening in my lifetime? Because it just we just keep getting more remote and more Bluetooth, more, you know, QR code, more just all of these things that require just constant coding, coding and coding and, and, and things like that that can be done at home. Um, and, and, and then on the flip side, if that's happening, right, let's say this, if 
remote work is a thing, right? And you, you go fully remote. Why are the cities so dense still? And why is my rent not going down, right? If there's automation at McDonald's, why is that so expensive still? You know, like, why didn't the price cut come in that we were guaranteed or price stability? Like, there's all these crazy things. Like, there's these rewards aren't even happening in that sense. Like, that it's that that's the the real dystopian part about it is that all the people who warned you of these certain things like they're kind of just still staying the same like if if i if somebody can move away and go to texas and do their job remotely like why isn't my rent stabilizing you know what i mean like here i, I just it sucks i mean i don't know is the answer more like localized government i, I think so but i don't know how you go like back I don't know how you go yeah, back. I, I just, that's I, 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 that's what I want. If you let me, if you let me pull the rug out, which I'm down, let's pull the rug out. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm down. I'm kind of one of those guys. I'm I, at this point. It's tough. Yeah. Like, look, and people will so and so. it's like I, yeah, it's I've too much. Bench, no, I, I've just, I've read a lot about like the New Hampshire Free State Project and a lot of stuff like that. It seems like worthwhile and, but also very idealistic. And I don't. Yeah. I just don't know how much of that is going to come true. So it's yeah. sort of like it depends on like small groups of people like doing shit for themselves and and having everything be more like locally dependent. And 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 I'm sorry, like I know I don't know I don't know exactly. I I can kind of get an idea of what the New Hampshire Free State Project is out of just the the name that you said but like then you hear people talking about national divorce like a lot of extreme stuff like that where it's like what if all like patrick star meme like what if we took all the base people and put them on this side of the country and then the the stupid people on the other (laughs) side of the country like uh, all that stuff yeah and in my head i'm like okay even if i thought that that was feasible or good i still know that you're working from home right now and you have all this free time to think about it so you're participating in that insane Mm -hmm. part of all this to where i'm like when it comes time to do that are you gonna do it like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, because in a vacuum, it's like I'm home with my kids. I don't have a commute anymore. I'm doing Yeah, because that, that's how that's how you get the crazy, you know, uh, authoritarianist stuff is when you throw people a few bones, you know, like a, a few a few things like that where they cannot go back. They they will guard that as though like like Charlton Heston, cold, dead hands type level stuff. Yeah. I, 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 when you try to tell people that working from home is bad, like you get that you get the, the kind of Michael Jackson thriller eyes like where it's like, wait, what? you know like or or the body snatchers kind of thing like it's it's really it's it, it's like when it comes time to that would you do it no so that's why i get a little that's why i give up a little bit because i'm like i don't even think some of these people that float these like mm-hmm. insanely crazy ideas to where i i am down for a little bit of an accelerationist stuff at this point because i see no other way to be honest i don't think it's going to come election after election after election to where we get what we want i don't i don't think that's going to happen but I don't think the acceleration is people that like I'm agreeing with a lot of times. I don't know that they actually agree. That's why like to me, it's just like, you know, I, I don't want to argue about how bad the bureaucracy is from the people that benefit from it. That's all it is. That's, that's, that's all it is. I, I I don't even know that I directly, I don't know that I, I, I I do suffer from it because in a sense, but like at the end of the day, I just know, I know that this isn't right. Like I know that this isn't right and we need to move on from something else. So any, anywho, everybody needs to go check out, uh, everybody needs to go check out Brazil. If you haven't already, it don't get freaked out by the first scene. It's not a fantasy movie. Um, there is definitely, uh, some of those elements um, <laughs> when, when he's fighting, when he's fighting the yeah. giant, when he's fighting the giant Chinese warrior monster, I thought that was pretty funny too. Like in, in, a, in a lot of that, but, yeah. um, 
but I have one last question for you. Um, we talked about this off, off, uh, off of recording, but let's, uh, I want to hear about the sphere in, in, in Las Vegas and why you don't, and why you don't like it. Cause you're the only person that doesn't like it. Okay. Well, who, I, I don't know who you've talked to that likes it, but mm -hmm. personally, I don't know. It just really throws the whole symmetry of the strip off. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like it's just, there's a lot of nice buildings there and they're tearing down the Mirage and it's going to be the hard rock. And it'll be nice, like guitar shaped building. And they have this orb that just changes color in the middle of the strip. And I don't know, I'm not really used to it yet. So I don't know, maybe in a year or so, my view will change, but right now it just, it seems to really throw everything off and I don't know. I'm not a fan. Yeah. It, it brings kind of an evil energy. A little well, bit. I, I'm glad you brought that up because there is a part of, I, I hear this just cause I'm a, a coast to coast head listener. Of course, like I love coast to coast, but oh, that, yeah. that, that's a, you know, Pahrumpf, Nevada, not, not, mm -hmm. you know, not too terribly far from Vegas. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, it, that's it's, where we set out for fireworks. Right. right uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it sounds yeah. like that type of, it sounds like that, <laughs> yeah. that type of place, but right. It, it's, it's like the, it's like your Modesto, you know what I mean? Uh, of, uh, of, mm -hmm. of in California, it seems like, and, but you have the, uh, Vegas has always been said by a lot of like, you know, ancient civilization, truther people that I that I like. It tends to be because there's a lot of like Egyptian uh, stuff that calls back to like ancient Egypt there that the reason that there's a lot of paranormal things that happen out in the desert in that area is maybe because some of the buildings are constructed in a sense to attract that information, uh, even on the strip itself to attract to attract that kind of attention from the paranormal. Have you seen anything? Or like, have you or have you known anybody that's seen anything out there that's uh, crazy? I, <laughs> I wish. Uh, I have not. I, I haven't seen anything. I don't know anyone who's seen anything. No. Yeah. I want to though. I really want to. I've mm. I've been looking, but okay. No. Because there, because there is now what I what I think is is is. It, what they're doing now is I think that with these type of weird sphere things that like optical illusion that look like it's like rippling and can be seen from however far away, uh, even from space, if that was possible. Um, but all these, these, these things, like, I think they're trying to replicate that energy because the more you industrialize, you scare that actual stuff away. So I think it's like, oh, actually, we're just going to like simulate that effect of like a sphere bobbling around because it's like that's like an alien and crazy thing. And but when in, back in the day, like it would Vegas has always been, you know, since since the 30s really has always mm -hmm. been kind of that uh, industrialized uh, lights, city of lights and gambling, uh, all that yeah. and, and all that. But like you always heard about like it just when you go beyond the desert i had always heard about like just certain weird things that you would see in the desert and stuff and maybe it was kind of a hotbed for like paranormal activity but now it's like no there's so many lights everywhere we have football stadiums we have you know possibly a baseball stadium we have all this stuff it's becoming like this proper city along with the entertainment thing like maybe we'll just simulate that effect because we're scaring all that shit away now <laughs> you know like it, i just it I could be to, that I, I tend to think yeah. maybe that's nobody's design <laughs> maybe that's nobody's design but i wonder if that's the effect that's all that's all i, I, mean, I yeah it, it, that could be the effect i just i don't know i think every you know we recently switched our um baseball team from the it was the 51s 
the aviators like now, right? Ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. to the aviators. And um, I mean, I don't know. That could <laughs> that can something have to something to do with them trying to hide the truth, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on out here that I'm pretty sure is done for like entertainment. Mm-hmm. Some that's done for military, and some that well, it's probably fucking aliens. This got it. It's just, it's a, it's a weird, it's, it's just a, I, I just, I want, I prefer to view Vegas as that, you know, because you, cause you have the con, you have the, mm. you have the cosmic energy that is gambling, that is predicting the future and all that stuff tends to happen yeah. in Vegas. Right. That is true. I, I do love just the idea that people go there and they feel lucky. They feel a certain way. They feel depressed. They want to kill themselves. You know, like there's, uh, there's all these extremes that happen there. And I just, I just love mm-hmm. the idea that there is like a weird paranormal force. I just choose to believe it. I'm just a serial believer. I'm a believer, believer of the weird. There is thing. A, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There, there is an energy here. There is like a certain energy and, like you kind of even get outside of Vegas, like Mount Charleston, like mm-hmm. you know, it's even the nature here. It does have a certain energy. So, I I do understand all the UFO theories. Yeah, I just out here, I, you know, I, and I, I'm I'm uh, totally open to them. Totally open. To just them. just hey, look, guys. If you know, I and first off, like you're you're looking for them. And maybe the minute you stop looking for them, they're going to happen. By the way, maybe that's what. That, maybe that's maybe that's what's going to happen. Uh, maybe there's true. a maybe there's a reversal. But you know, we never know. We can bend spoons with our minds, as we said last episode. So maybe maybe you could manifest it as well. But be oh, careful yeah. what you wish for. <laughs> careful what you wish for. Um, so, uh, anyways, I find Vegas fascinating. My football team plays there. They uh, could use some paranormal luck uh, mm-hmm. um, on their side. It would, would be wonderful if uh, Garoppolo's ankle healed uh, through uh, manifestation. Um, or maybe I could, you know, uh, negatively manifest a Mahomes injury. I don't know. I'm not. I would never say something like that. But um, something to think about. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyways, um, let everybody know where they can find you if you even want people to find you. Um, just organize me on Twitter. It's at Bazillion Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Instagram. I don't know. That's it. That's it. That's me. it. No, I you know, and that, and that's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you you can hear him on this episode. You can hear him on Drunk on Movies uh, with uh, with uh, Cisco and. Uh, um, oh yeah, and, yeah. You should check that out. Yeah, Drunk yeah. Drunk on Movies. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, Every, yeah, everybody, um, everybody, check them out. Yeah, awesome. All right, man. Well, uh, on that note, uh, everybody have a safe week. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time.